0: y'all this is cassandra welcome to another video on luminous star i want to also thank everyone for supporting luminous star if you have recently become a member welcome welcome and also if you have recently become a subscriber welcome to luminous star all right i know a lot of you already know that actor johnny depp is currently suing his ex-wife amber heard for a whopping 50 million dollars Okay, now, a lot of this really started back in 2015 or 16, but I'm going to fast forward it up to about December 2018, where Amber Heard went on the Washington Post, and she did an article. Okay, now, part of that article was her stating that she's a public figure representing domestic violence, okay? So, yeah, this is not a good look for Johnny, right? But anyway she didn't- she didn't directly um mention Johnny's name, but still at that time because she was married to him, it just wasn't really a good look for him and him being a big time Hollywood actor. It just wasn't going to get him uh, a lot of opportunities as an actor, okay, and some are saying that perhaps some of Amber's words did cost Johnny the role in Pirates of the Caribbean. And this is why Disney, you know, they're saying they didn't want to work with Johnny anymore. Okay, this is just hearsay. All right, so uh, Amber, um, you know, she is claiming that she has been misused by Johnny, right? But Johnny is saying, no, he's been misused by Amber, right? So anyway, uh, she is counter suing Johnny for a hundred million dollars. Okay, but I'm wondering, did some of Amber's words in the Washington Post article that she did in 2018 really cost Johnny uh, some roles or especially with Disney? Okay, because a lot of you know that he was in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise for quite some time. You know, there are some who are wondering if Johnny Depp was really mistreating Amber, why didn't she just file for a divorce? Why didn't she just leave, right? Could it be that she's suffering from Stockholm Syndrome? Okay, I, I really. But just recently in the Fairfax County Circuit Court in Fairfax, Virginia, according to the testimony of Dr. Shannon Curry, now Dr. Shannon Curry is a forensics clinical psychologist and she testifies that Amber Heard She suffers from borderline personality and not from post-traumatic stress disorder. According to Dr. Curry, Heard had grossly and extremely exaggerated her claims of PTSD. Dr. Curry is pretty much saying that Amber does not suffer from PTSD due to her experiencing IPV or intimate partner violence, as she allegedly claimed, right? Right. So during her involvement with Johnny Depp, more than likely she was exaggerating some of those, uh, some of the violence and some of the the mistreatments, right? Dr. Curry also spoke about histrionic personality disorder. A lot of you know, I talk about that on the Luminous Star Channel. Uh, She also talked about anxiety and emotional reactivity. Okay, so Dr. Curry, um, she spoke out about a lot of things and pretty much her overall psychological analysis is that Amber Heard has been doing a lot of exaggeration. According to Dr. Curry, uh, Amber has been using what's called malignoring. Okay, malignoring. Malignoring is when a person pretends to have an illness in order to get a benefit. Okay, so uh, malignoring is an act, not a condition. So pretty much overall, it's t- according to Dr. Curry, Amber has been exaggerating, okay? Whereas as far as like her symptoms are concerned, right? But I don't know, what do you guys think? What do you think about Amber exaggerating any sort of health symptoms, okay? Or medical condition, right? Such as PTSD, what do you why do you think she did that? And I found out there are several reasons for the deception, okay? And the thing that jumped out at me guys is avoiding legal action. So, do you think Amber perhaps in order to avoid legal action, she used malingering? She exaggerated the PTSD symptoms? Right? What do you guys think? I think that there may be something behind that. Another thing, okay, about maliguring is that some people use this to seek attention. Perhaps she was trying to get attention from Johnny, right? Getting drugs such as pain medication. Now, Amber is reported to have been on prescription medication for various reasons, okay? So getting leave from school or work is another reason why some people may use maliguring All right. So during the defamation trial, um, there are some people who are expected to testify on behalf of Amber, such as James Franco, Paul Bettany, uh, Elon Musk. Okay. And I was like, wow. But Amber used to be involved or she dated Elon Musk. Right. But there was someone who did testify. Okay. I think his name is Christian Carino. But he testified that he and Amber exchanged a text about Elon, but this is back in 2017. So Amber was supposedly falling apart because she and Elon Musk were over. But during Christian's testimony, he simply stated that he asked Amber in the text, why was she so distraught? Why was she so worried about the breakup? because she really didn't love Elon anyway. And again, this is according to Christian. And Christian is a talent agent. So some of you may be wondering why, you know, why would he even testify at all? But anyway, he testified that he and Amber Heard exchanged a text about Elon Musk back in 2017, discussing their breakup. So according to Virginia law, neither Musk or Franco, you know, James Franco, the actor, right? they're not obligated to testify on Amber's behalf. Okay, so it's very doubtful. Some are saying it's very doubtful that they're gonna be called to testify at all. All right, but there are some who have been testifying on Johnny's behalf. The people who have been testifying on Johnny's behalf, they range from his divorce attorney to his large security team, right? (laughs) A lot of them have been testifying um, their observations, of course, right? It's also reported that both Hurd and Depp are expected to take the stand. I've been watching some of the trial, as some of you know, and I've seen Johnny testify already. I haven't seen Amber take the stand yet, but um, according to the reports that I have, they're both supposed to take the stand. Okay, so I'm waiting for Amber to go up there. I, I really would like to hear what she has to say. But it's also reported that fans of Johnny Depp had been lining up outside as early as one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Okay, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, just to get a good seat inside of the courtroom in support of Johnny. I did mention that I was going to do a couple more videos about this trial, and I'm really curious to know how everything is going to turn out. To me, guys, it looks like it's looking a, a lot better for Johnny than it is for Amber. But again, you never know in a court of law how things are going to turn out. So uh, stay tuned for a couple of more videos about this. But again, this is day 12. I think it's going to go on for maybe about another week or this may be the last week of the defamation trial. A lot of you know that I talk about pathological narcissism. There are some things that have jumped out at me, guys, about this whole trial. Amber just, I don't know, she seems to want Johnny's attention. And there were times that Johnny testified that she would uh, pursue him when he was trying to defuse the conflict or the issue. Amber will continue to, she would continue to pursue him, okay? And some people who have narcissistic relationships, they have experienced this, okay? And whenever somebody pursues you, You know, first they goat you into an argument. Then they pursue you in order to keep you in the argument if they are successful with goading you into the argument, right? You may be reactionary. And a lot of this happens in narcissist relationships. But I'm not saying that Amber and Johnny has a narcissist relationship or had one. But there are certain things that happened that were testified to happen, right? That to me looks like it may be a narcissist relationship. Again, I cannot tell you for certain, but there are certain things according to testimonies that, yeah, just spell out to me. Possibly there's some narcissism there. Okay, so uh, I just like that more and more people are talking more about pathological narcissism. And, uh, you know, it's pretty hard for those who have narcissistic personalities to be able to keep the mask affixed. Now the masks are falling off they're slipping off they're busting they're cracking you know narcissists or those who have narcissistic personalities they seem to be scrambling more now to try to in order to shape shift right (laughs) in order to save face so i think it's good more people are coming out more people are becoming more vocal about narcissism or pathological narcissism in general so this is again this is a great thing and I really feel compassion for both Johnny and Amber. Okay, I just, I just do. So I know everybody's not going to see it that way, because let's face it: when we're in romantic relationships, there are things that happen, right? There are disagreements, there are conflicts. Things need to be faced, right? And we don't always know how our partners are going to deal with these challenges. They may do everything from just taking things from projecting, right? To gaslighting in order to save face or to avoid taking responsibility for their part, right? All types of things. We have all gone through this, especially us grown folks. We know a lot about this. We have gone through this at least once or twice in our own relationships, okay? So like I said, when I have been tuning in to this trial between Amber and Johnny, there's a few things that I did see that really it it rolls a red flag with me okay so um i just want to go ahead and let you guys know that i will be doing at least one or two more videos about this and then i'm gonna let it go (laughs) but especially now because i think we are in the last week of the uh, defamation trial but anyway um you guys stay tuned for that and until next time make sure you take care of yourself as well as each other Well, this is very good because again, sometimes when we are dealing with the aftermath of narcissistic abuse in our relationships, it can cause us to be stuck. Okay, and all the while, we're the ones suffering more so than the narcissist. Okay, so try to keep an open mind and perceive things from a new perspective or a new angle. Okay. And try not to get stuck in the, and, you know, just seeing the situation, uh, one way, this does not mean you don't take off the rose colored glasses and well, yeah, right. (laughs) And see it for what it really is. Okay. Try to face reality. This is not so easy. And I understand and understand that it can be very challenging to face reality of how dysfunctional the narcissist relationship really is. Okay, especially when we're very emotional about stuff. So a trigger offsets memories. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, what's involved? Sound, taste, smell, touch, and sight. So all five senses can help to offset a flashback or a memory that's very painful from a narcissist's relationship. So whenever a person becomes triggered by something that narcissist says and or does, Usually all five other senses are involved. Okay, so uh, try to be positive of this. All right, so various styles of behavioral patterns can conflict or cause conflict. So people usually have different styles, okay, of the way they do things. They have, to have different personality types, such as a cluster A, a cluster B, and a cluster C personality types, okay? And people just have... All types. There's more than three, right? But there's various personality types that can sometimes conflict, and this can cause a lot of tension in the relationship. Now, when you're dealing with a narcissist, right, and that is a narcissist relationship, this goes double as far as like having tension in that relationship or people feeling uh, uneasy with one another. There sometimes can be anxiety between two people, you and or the narcissist, right, that may try to come together and communicate, but there's a lot of tension in the air. There's a lot of uh, uneasiness. So uh, conscientious, influencer, dominant, and steadiness. These are the four type of styles, right? These are the four styles of behavior patterns that can cause conflict, Especially when it comes to narcissist relationships. And very often in narcissist relationships there are subtle signs of codependency, meaning that sometimes, you know, those codependent behavior patterns can pop up, can and can also cause tension in the relationship. And therefore some people they can't come together and resolve the issues that need to be resolved in the relationship. Simply because they have, you know, different personality types that may naturally conflict with one another. Usually, when you're dealing with a cluster B personality type, not all the time, but sometimes when you're dealing with a cluster B personality type, right, this can happen. You know, there can be that tension, there can be the conflict in the air, you know, and sometimes there can not be any resolution. Okay. And sometimes the best thing to do is to walk away. The best thing to do is to go ahead and set aside the ego. Don't get rid of the ego. Just set it aside, right? Manage expectations and to go ahead and realize that you're not going to change that person's point of view. You're not going to change them. When it comes to a narcissistic relationship, very often they look to dominate. You see the one of those words there, dominate. They look to dominate the relationship right off the bat. OK, because they're looking to what obtain a source of supply, gain it or obtain it as well as maintain it. Because sometimes these, these types of relationships can go on for a long time and the narcissist, they don't want to lose supply and they equate losing supply with losing control. They go hand in hand for a narcissist. So um, when we're dealing with different personality types, sometimes they can cause conflict. OK, let's move on. Okay, it triggers, offsets memories. Right? We're still talking. We're still on that. Memories of narcissist relationships can offset flashbacks or memories, causing one to emotionally re-experience the original traumatic events. Okay, that could be very harsh for some people. Okay, and this is understandable because it's like you're re-experiencing something that was very painful. Whenever the narcissist says and or does something. Sometimes it can cause a person to trigger or to um, remember certain things that they really perhaps don't wanna remember, right? And when I was talking about those five senses, it's often involved, okay? The narcissist may say something that, you know, you hear their voice, they may say something, and they may even say it in a tone of voice that may trigger you, okay? And, And you're back there again, how many ever, Years has been, or how many ever months, weeks, or days, or whatever, and you're back there, you, you may be re-experiencing something that was very, very unpleasant, perhaps even traumatic. And the narcissist is just, you know, they're saying something, they're doing something, and sometimes they're not conscious to it. Sometimes they are. Because again, narcissists, they often, what? They focus on the source of supply or to obtain source supply. So when you're dealing with a cluster B personality type, for instance, and let me go ahead and break down a cluster B personality type. There are four elements to the cluster B personality type. That is histrionic personality, antisocial personality, borderline personality, and the narcissistic personality. So when you're dealing you know, with a cluster B personality type, and let's just say they're saying something and they're doing something that may trigger you, right? Well then, your emotions may be involved more than likely it will be. And you may feel, you may start to feel and experience those same things that you were experiencing when the incident originally happened or initially happened. It may have been years ago. It may have been months ago. It may have been just a few days ago, but the bottom line is this, you feel that tension in the air and your body is responding as well as your mind. Okay. Everything is, is responding. And most of the time this is involuntary. Okay. So be causative of this because you want to learn how to soothe yourself. You want to learn how to calm down should this happen. So try not to beat yourself up. If you feel angry, if you feel upset, if you feel uneasy around a narcissist, should they say and or do something that may trigger you. Okay. Just be patient with yourself. Make sure you love on yourself. The narcissist doesn't really, perhaps may not care about how you feel and think at the moment. Their focus is on their objective, which is the source supply by any means. They're often not looking at the cost of what they're doing and or saying, you know, they're not thinking about the long-term effects sometimes. And perhaps the narcissist may not care, you know, what the ramifications are. They may not care about that at all. Okay. So let's move on. Okay. Okay. Move on to the next. Okay, tool number one. All right, practice dialectical thinking to help seek contrast for peace of mind, harmony and balance. Okay, so when a person is seeking the contrast, I've said this often in my videos, when they're seeking the contrast, there are three things that's going to happen. They're gonna have a peace of mind, okay, or some peace of mind, and they will be able to have balance as well as harmony. Okay, so that doesn't mean they're going to change the situation necessarily. doesn't mean they're going to change the narcissist. It means that they're taking off the rose-colored glasses or they're facing the reality and they are accepting that they're changing. The narcissist isn't changing. The situation isn't changing. Perhaps they're still in that third-party situation. But when they start to realize that, hey, you know, I have options. I don't have to stay in this third-party situation emotionally. Spiritually, perhaps physically they can't pack and leave, right? But they can strategize how to do so. So when a person starts practicing dialectical thinking or open-mindedness, right? Or being open-minded, seeing the situation differently, right? Being open to receiving information that perhaps can lead them to resolving the issue, especially emotionally, They can seek that contrast and that's going to provide them peace of mind, balance and harmony. Okay. Sometimes we, we often look for these things, but it's unconscious. We're not aware we're looking for balance in every aspect of our life. Even when we're in conflict with somebody, we're still seeking the balance. That's just the back. Way you know, that's just a very interesting way to look at how you're seeking balance, harmony and peace of mind. You are in conflict with somebody. Okay, you want them to see your point of view and they want you to see theirs, but you keep bumping heads. But what you both may not be realizing is that you're unconsciously seeking what balance, harmony and a peace of mind because you want your way right? They want theirs. You want you want your way and they want theirs, right? But when you're head to head with a narcissist, this can feel very uncomfortable. Just picture a burning house. Narcissist is on one side, you're on the other. That house is ablaze. The narcissist has their whole team of arsonists, the gasoline tank, right? The Everything. They have the matchbook, they have the gap, everything. And they're going full blast, keeping the house ablaze. You're on your side with your team of firemen or firewomen, you know, <laughs> and you have your hose and you are blasting away with the water, the water hose, right? And you're trying to put the fire out. So both of you are going 100 into that house. You, you both have, you know, you have your agendas. You, you want what you want. You're trying to what? Gain peace of mind harmony, peace, the way that you defined it. People can put meaning to different words. They can have their own special meaning. So this is often why in a narcissist relationship, problems don't become resolved. There's left, that there, people are left with what? No resolution, restitution, often is not there because the narcissist is what? Focusing on the objective. And that is source supply by any means, even if that means you're left picking up the pieces. Perhaps they're picking at your mind or tearing you apart. You may say it, you know, see it that way. But the bottom line is you're trying to obtain something and the narcissist is trying to obtain something. And sometimes you just have to realize that there's not gonna be any restitution or resolution because you're going in 100 and they're going in 100 and your objectives are different, okay? So I hope that makes sense, but a lot of times when we're dealing with these narcissistic relationships, this is what happens. Tool number two, take steps to manage your expectations, okay? Realize that you're not gonna change the narcissist, okay? You're not gonna change him or her, and you don't have to allow them to change you, right? It's a choice. So when you take off the rose-colored glasses and you start to manage your expectations, you realize that you're changing. You're accepting that you're changing. You're outgrowing that narcissist relationship. And perhaps you realize the narcissist is still stuck in the past. Perhaps they're stuck in some other way, shape or form. They have that black and white thinking. They had that all or nothing thinking that I was talking about. They're not practicing dialectical uh, thinking, right? They're not open-minded, but you are. You're growing, you're choosing to heal, you're choosing to grow. You're thriving forward, you don't have the time or the energy to focus on what the narcissist wants. You don't have the time or the energy. Perhaps you have found out you cannot even afford to entertain or engage in a diabolical tactic or actually the narcissist relationship when they're pulling shenanigans. You're not there anymore. You're managing your expectations. You don't expect them to change. You've already realized that perhaps they're not going to change regardless if you're in the relationship or not, regardless if you're there entertaining or co-signing or, you know, <laughs> jumping in fire hoops or over firing hoops or bending yourself in the pretzel, pretzel trying to please them. You're past that, right? You're gone. You're You're focused. You're thriving forward. So congratulations on that because a lot of narcissists, they, you know, believe it or not, they don't, they usually don't take it very, lightly when people start to show signs that they're outgrowing the narcissist relationship, because when a narcissist is losing control, they, when they lose control, they equate that to losing supply. Okay. So, uh, this is one, these are just a few things that I found out on my journey. And I figured that, you know what, uh, you know, it's time for me to take care of myself and better care of myself because whenever you're in a narcissist relationship, let's just face it, it's going to compromise your health and that's nothing to compromise so uh manage expectations take steps to manage those expectations okay don't get into that dance of change and control when the narcissist is trying to control you unconsciously perhaps you're trying to change them because you want them to love you care for you respect you okay these are these are valid things okay but let's just face it in narcissist relationships we often don't get the validation Tool number three, practice mindfulness for assertion, emotional discipline, personal boundaries, and self-preservation. Self-preservation gets a bad rap sometimes, just like anger. So when you're expressing anger, okay, you are expressing an injustice that you experienced and perhaps even not getting the validation and not getting the support that you needed at the time that you perhaps were uh, hurt. This can cause one to have that flashback when a narcissist says something and does something, they remember not being validated. They remember how painful it was to be shut out in the cold, perhaps, you know, whatever happened between you and the narcissist. could be several people that you may be dealing with at this time that perhaps, you know, show that they have a cluster personality type or they literally have been diagnosed with narcissist personality. But the bottom line is this, whenever you are triggered by those memories, One of the main things you must do is practice mindfulness. And what does that look like? You are expressing what you have experienced. I want to thank everyone for joining me today or tonight. And I certainly hope you are doing well. And I hope there was something that I said in this video that will have you influenced, if not inspired, to continue to thrive forward. Congratulations on your choice to thrive forward past narcissist relationships. Until next time, take care of yourself.